0: Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at CelebrationChurchLive.com. We are uh, kicking off a new series today, and so um, I know this type of shirt isn't odd for me. I tend to like the the festive, uh, more um, tropical types of shirts. But uh, you see, our we've got the Aloha stuff all over the place. We did a special thing in our Dream Team Lounge for all of our volunteers, giving them some some tr- some smoothies and some island flavor and, and got our delays going. And we're kicking off a series today. We're going to spend the next six weeks looking at this concept um, of Alohas. And... Uh, All of us are familiar with the Hawaiian island term of aloha, and we understand that it means um, hello and goodbye. And what I want us to do is to take some moments and look at some of the, the, the openings, the hellos, the greetings of the epistles. And the goodbyes in the epistles, the, the, the way he wraps it up, and, and the closings of the epistles. And so, um, where you have aloha, hello on the front end, and you have aloha. On, and goodbye on the back end and a lot of times this is part of the scriptures we can kind of read over it's like okay yeah he's saying hi to everybody let's get into what he's really wanting to say and we forget that the whole thing all the pieces of it are inspired by God and 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 I want this if nothing else for this to jar us out of the stuff of simply looking at parts of the scriptures and ignoring other parts of the scriptures and and that there's there's meat in it all the way through for us. And so if you've got your Uversion app, if you've got your bulletin, this is where we track along together that the hellos and goodbyes of the epistles help us to embrace all that God has for us, all that God has for us. When we got on the island and we got there, one of the first things we learned was the the Jamaican greeting. And so with the Jamaican greeting was um, Wagwan, and so, and they told us the response, and you say, Medea, or Magud. And so, that was one of the first things that we learned. You, first Spanish I learned was, hola. And so, you learn these greetings. Why? Because the, you want to be able to get started on the right foot, understanding how to greet someone in a way where they feel greeted is important when you go to some place, and you may never learn anything else about a culture but if you go to a foreign land you will quickly learn how to simply greet someone in their native tongue and as we look at this this is important because he Paul and Peter and them they open these letters in a way that helps everyone to open up to be able to receive everything that's being presented and we've got a little video because aloha is a richer word than any of us people from the mainland even remotely understand. And so let's go ahead and look at this right quick. This was a fun discovery. I was prepping for the series a few weeks ago, and I was just playing with that uh, translator there in Google and, and started putting in different things. I had looked up what, a, what aloha actually meant and that it's used for hello and goodbye, but it's actual meaning where these other things. And so I started putting in some of these different words and finding that the Hawaiian people... That aloha is this incredibly nuanced, fully filled word of compassion and love and mercy and and pity and these connections. And and when they are greeting one another and they say aloha, it's not just hi, it's love, it's mercy, it's grace, it's peace. It's all of these this beautiful things that you and I as believers ought to be wanting to extend to one another. And then as they walk away and instead of saying goodbye, they're saying aloha. They are embracing love, peace, mercy and leaving behind love, peace, mercy with every greeting that they present. And I love that this is what Paul and a number of the writers in the epistles do. Let's go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians 1.3. This is, and if we were going to put this into, uh, into a Hawaiian, we would have aloha and aloha. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. And you will see grace and peace. All over the epistles. You're going to see it over and over again. Let's go ahead and, and go to Titus. To Titus, my true son, in our common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Peter does it as well. We, in 2 Peter 1:2, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge, through the knowledge, we, I can take off preaching on that, of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace. Folks, you and I as as Christ followers, we ought to bring grace and peace into every encounter that we have with people. That we ought to bring grace and peace into every encounter. And sadly, believers are not necessarily known for that. We're not known for bringing grace and peace into every encounter. We're known for bringing judgment and criticism and and harshness and and some coldness. Maybe some self-righteousness and those types of things. We're not known for bringing grace and peace. And I think it's something we can be intentional about. And no, we can't change the Christian culture in America as a whole. But we can't begin to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to change us. And begin to be individuals Of grace and peace. Paul uses the phrase in every letter that he writes. He writes 13 of the epistles. As soon as you begin in Romans. And you are reading through the scriptures. Those next 13 books that you read. They're all written by Paul. And he opens every one of them with grace and peace. Every time he is going to have an encounter with somebody. The first thing he wants to give them. Is grace and peace. Every encounter that Paul has, the first thing he wants to give them, he mentions grace or peace or both in the closings of almost everything he writes. When Peter, Peter writes two letters, grace and peace is in the beginning of both of the letters that Paul that Peter writes. It wasn't just a Paul thing. It wasn't like his catchphrase, you know, that a Paul was just known for grace and peace, bro. It, it was. That was what the Holy Spirit was wanting to deposit. Peter, who had a very different personality, a very different way uh, of of writing, a very different way of thinking. that the first thing he kicked off with was grace and peace. Grace and peace ought to be flowing there. John uses it in his second letter. John writes three letters and he uses it in one of them when he gets rolling and saying grace and peace. In fact, Paul brings it in in the closing a few times as well as he's wrapping up his letter to the church in Colossae. Let's look at Colossians 4 6. Then he was reminding them to be able to stay connected with grace. In fact, he says, "Let, Let your conversation be always full of grace. Your conversation, just what's coming out of your mouth, what you're talking about, not your teaching not your preaching not your evangelism let your conversation your conversation you know why because that is where most people get impacted they get impacted in the conversations they decide if you're what 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 place they're going to let you speak into their into your into their lives in the moments of conversation let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I I love this, that you may know how to answer everyone. That means that people are coming with questions. That people are coming with questions. Uh, as As a believer, one of the things that I find that so many of you are intimidated of is people coming to ask you questions about your faith. You're like, you know, I can't be a small group leader because what if they ask me something I don't know? And I was like, there's an amazing liberating phrase. It's called, I don't know. (laughs) I say it a lot, I say it a lot. And so, but we have a place where we can go to to be able to find some solutions and say, you know what, that's interesting. I, I don't know that. Let's discover this together. There's some places, but a lot, the only people that get asked questions are high trust people. They're the only people that, I, that get asked questions. And so I love this that here's this beautiful thing that Paul expects people. The people in Colossae to be high-trust people who are having conversations and who are going to get questions to field. This isn't to ministers. This is just to the people, to the believers. And we ought to be in a people's lives. We ought to be, have our, our, our every encounter full of grace and truth and welcoming these conversations and welcoming questions. Welcoming them. That's the way God has wired us and built this to happen. More ministry should be happening in conversations than in sermons. The sermons are to prep you for the conversations. That is what this moment, Sunday mornings, are about. It's, for, it's the equipping of the saints for the doing of the ministry. I'm, we're here to prep you for the conversations that the Holy Spirit is going to make available and with your coworkers and your family members and your children and your kids. Be able to have these encounters and conversations with your children. And that is what this is about. Acts chapter 4 verse 32 says, All the believers were one in heart and mind and no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. And they shared everything that they had. And with great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. That God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. We need to, the first thing we need to think about. Paul, before he got into anything else, he wanted the first concept to, on their mind to be is God's grace. Before I say anything else, I want you to put on the grace filter. Before I say anything else, I want you to put on the peace filter. That this should not disrupt your life in a way that that pushes peace out. It may disrupt your life, but disrupt it in a way that invites peace in. So many times we build walls, and in those walls, all of a sudden the things begin to stew. And the anxiety levels begin to get higher. And we need a little bit of disruption to allow some peace to show up in there. We need a little bit of holy disruption to come in and and to shift some stuff. And we need God to be able to, to be at work in our lives we see this ending in a beautiful place of grace as well in 2 Corinthians 13:14 says may the god of grace the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all colossians 4:18 says and i paul write this greeting in my own hand remember my chains grace be with you all and then the writer of hebrews all the scholars are still out on who this act actually is, but the writer of Hebrews says, "Greet all uh, your leaders and all the Lord's people. Those from Italy send their greetings. Grace be with you all. That start it with grace and end it with grace. Everything start with grace and end with grace. It's our bookends. It's what holds everything that gets sandwiched in the middle together." Is this concept of grace? It's this. That is what it's about. But here's the thing: these conversations that we're talking about, these conversations that we're dealing with, um, most of these happen with the people we deal with on a regular basis, the people we know the best, and and I love that we get a little glimpse in one of Paul's letters because he throws in something to the in the letters to his most intimate friend the person that he poured into the most that was like a son to him that that was his number one disciple and there's a new word that gets thrown in to grace and peace because sometimes it's harder to be full of grace and peace with the people that you know the best and we see here in his writings to Timothy that he inserts the word mercy He inserts the word mercy. 1 Timothy 1-2 says, To Timothy, my true son in the face, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, you say grace and mercy. People kind of throw those things around interchangeably. Um, But uh, grace is honestly a real simple idea in this context. Grace is a much more power-packed word. But in this context, grace is receiving what you don't deserve. Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. The forgiveness, the love, the power, the connection with God, the freedom in Christ. All of these beautiful things that we have in Christ are grace upon grace upon grace. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. That's God's mercy. The places where where that the the judgment of sin and on us has, has been dealt with. All of that is gone. We're not getting this penalty. A judge does not hand out grace. A judge can distribute mercy. As they have been brought in and you can, have, you can throw yourself on the mercy of the court. But it's because you're wanting to not get what you do deserve. And there's these moments that when we begin to do life with people over a period of time. that sometimes it's easy to have grace with people that you just met. You you don't have any of the old places of of hurt and some of these different things. But the people that are in your life every day, they're going to need an extra component. It's called mercy. It's called mercy. Your spouse is going to need some mercy. To be able to distribute to them grace and peace, there are times you're going to have to insert some mercy There's times they're less than graceful and less than peaceful with you, but you're called to deposit grace and peace. And so, when they've offended you, when they've wronged you, when when you could bow up and, and and you rightly from the world's eyes have just cause to be not as graceful and not as peaceful because of the way they've acted, now mercy is what gets. Input it here, and I love it because Paul uses this on the guy he knows the best. Timothy was was not always the, the the easiest guy to deal with. When you know somebody all the time, you see their shining moments and you see their not shining moments. My wife needs mercy with me. She needs mercy to be able to, to hand out grace and peace. She needs mercy with me and my children need mercy with me and I need mercy with my children and then as with where the church goes the people that need mercy with me the most and I need mercy with them are the people that work up here all the time in the office because things don't always go the, the easiest. Sometimes people get hangry and you need to put on the shirt that says I'm sorry for what I said when I was hungry. Because sometimes we have our less than stellar moments and we've got to be in a place where we're able to connect with one another in a life-giving way. Paul also writes in his second letter to Timothy, Timothy 1-2, says, To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. See, folks, our lives are built and they're lived with the people we do life with the most. And to be able to do this, we're going to have to not just have grace and peace. We're going to have to have mercy. See, Jesus dealt with this himself. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13. It says, coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. And where they, where did this man get this wisdom, these miraculous powers? They're seeing miracles. They're seeing miracles. They're not even denying it. That they're doing the stuff, he's doing the stuff, they asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother named Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. He was doing miracles, and they recognized that Jesus did miracles and they took offense. Because they knew his family. Because he was just too common. He's too regular. He's too close. Jesus, if 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 they'd been the Jesus to them that just kind of descended from the mountain and had all this, then he would have been amazing. But we know too much about his brothers and sisters and his mom. And we tend to try to deify those people. But you know what? They were people. And I guarantee there was somebody that did business with Mary in the market and she irritated him. She not, they did not like the way that Mary looked at her that, that day. Can you believe that Jesus is mom? She thinks she's all that. <laughs> Whatever. Jesus must not be that great either. And they looked down upon him. they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. They limited the, the limitless God. They limited him because it was just too close. And folks, how tragic is it? That the quality of our life depends on the quality of the relationships nearest to us. If we don't extend some grace, mercy, and peace to those relationships. Our quality of life goes down. If we don't extend grace, mercy, and peace to the the relationships closest to us. Our quality of life diminishes. 2 Peter 3.18 says, but grow in the grace, I'm so thankful for this. And like, Pastor, I'm just not very good at this. I'm not very good at the grace thing. I'm not good at the mercy thing at all. And the peace thing kind of comes and goes. Well, here we go. We can grow in it. We can grow in grace. You're not stuck. It's not over. It's not like, well, I am what I am. You're just going to have to deal with it. No, you can grow in grace. You may require a little extra mercy along the way. But you can grow in grace. You can grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is why we are so about knowing God better and trusting Him more. Because as we know Him, that grace level grows in our lives. It just does. As we begin to know Him and reflect on Him and connect with grace and truth embodied, then that begins to shift and we can become people of grace and truth just to him be the glory both now and forever. So folks, our bottom line today is this, is usher in grace and deposit truth. We want to bring it. We want to bring grace where it didn't exist before. We want to take it where it didn't exist before. And when we, when we have to step out of the encounter, we want to leave peace behind. We want to leave peace everywhere we go. That people just feel like, man, something happened here. I'm uh, I'm more at rest because God's work through this individual that was just in my life. We want to bring grace in and leave peace behind. Folks, God is with us from first to last. Aloha to aloha. God is with us. And because of that, we can begin to live an aloha kind of life. a Grace, mercy, peace, love kind of life. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.